You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. What's up and welcome back to the Daily Music Business Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Strutt. This week, I'm going to be sharing with you some of the top mistakes bands and musicians make when it comes to doing a PR campaign. Now, just in case you're new to the podcast, I've been a music journalist. Well, I was a music journalist for around about seven years, and I still get asked from time to time to go and work for various publications as a journalist, especially when it comes to festivals and interviewing uh, the bands that play festivals here in Australia. So, and I I actually have many friends that are still in the journalism world. And of course, working with bands on their release strategy and doing my own band's release strategy. And I've also run a few PR campaigns for clients and my own band. This is a subject that I'm extremely familiar with. And there have been quite a few episodes on the Being in a Band podcast about PR and what the advantages are, but I thought this was a cool spin uh, to, I guess, take on this subject so that you can be aware of what not to do when it comes to your PR campaign. Now, PR is something that does confuse a lot of musicians if they're not necessarily familiar with it. So if you don't really know what PR is or what the purpose is, then do not feel bad at all. It's actually quite common. And that just comes down to, I guess, exposure and education and the fact that there aren't a lot of resources around when it comes to, I guess, how to progress your band in the modern music industry. And PR is certainly a very key component when it comes to your releases and moving forward as a band. So in summary, PR is basically the act of getting media. Usually you tie a PR campaign up with a release or a tour or big announcement, but for smaller bands, it's usually surrounding a release, whether that be a single EP or album. And if you are doing a tour or a release show, then that gets tied up in the press release as well. And you kind of announce both at once. PR is not something you do just for the sake of it. You definitely have to have a purpose and you definitely have to announce something because media is news. So if you're going to be reaching out to music media, you have to have a newsworthy piece of information that you want them to share. So as I said, generally this will be around release time for you. And there are three main advantages of doing PR. So the first is that you generate awareness for what it is that you're releasing, whether that be a single EP, album, tour, video, whatever it is, PR generates awareness and having media publish features, announcing uh, your newsworthy piece of information is generating awareness and hopefully bolstering ticket sales or album sales, that sort of thing. Secondly, it generates exposure for your band in general. So the more times that you can be in the public eye when it comes to media, obviously that generates awareness of your band as a whole and everything you'll find with PR that 
each PR campaign that you do will just hopefully, if you're doing it the right way, will be more and more successful. And your first campaign, you may get a handful of features. And then the next campaign, when media are more familiar with you, uh, you will get more and more features and each campaign will kind of build upon the previous one. And thirdly, PR helps you get credibility as a band. So you can tell people how good you are to your blue in the face. But if you have media outlets reviewing your album or your EP or single and saying that it's really fantastic, then that just adds that social proof. And that's just going to have a whole lot more waiting than if you're just saying buy our album, it's really good. So they're really the three main reasons, but there is a bonus reason, which I like to share as well. And this is just my own kind of agenda, but PR also gives you a bunch of social media content. So it really helps you on the social media front. It gives you stuff to actually share with your audience. And again, that just feeds into the credibility, the exposure, the awareness of whatever it is that you're promoting. Uh, But yeah, I know a lot of the time with social media, one of the things that stresses bands and musicians out is the fact that they run out of stuff to post about. So during a PR campaign, that should not be an issue whatsoever. So that is a fourth kind of bonus reason. So before we dive into the seven mistakes bands make with PR, I've got seven listed here. I may think of more by the time this episode is finished recording. Make sure that you are subscribed and that you are following me on social media. I'm Monica Strutt everywhere and come tell me that you enjoyed this episode and that you found me through the Being in a Band podcast because sometimes with this podcast, I do feel like it's kind of a one-way thing. So I love when you guys actually send me a DM. I'm answer every single DM. I answer every single comment. Uh, yeah, just let me know in whichever way that you like that you found me through the being in a band podcast or that you've been enjoying the being in a band podcast, because yeah, I just really love that feedback and it helps fuel my energy to keep going with all of this. So, okay, let's dive in to the top mistakes. Now I have put these kind of in order of what I think are the most, I guess, important mistakes to avoid, uh, the key mistakes to avoid. So I am going to be sort of counting down from seven to one. As I said, if I do think of any more kind of mistakes, I will throw them in there, but at the moment I've just got seven. So number seven is the first mistake is rushing the release process and reaching out to PR companies before having all the assets ready. So When we get our masters back of a single EP or album, of course, we want people to hear it pretty much straight away. I'm going through that right now. Literally, some of the songs on my band's up and coming EP were recorded over one year ago. That is incredibly frustrating to have that just sitting there. So there are methods um, to kind of, I guess, dilute that, I guess, impulse to share music before you've got all your ducks in a row. And I can talk about that in another podcast episode if you like. But basically, you don't want to be reaching out to a PR company before you've got the final version of your video clip, before you've got your masters back, because it's, I mean depending on the date that you want to release, you may just start reaching out to PR, but it's not really going to give them an indication of whether you're appropriate to work with them if they don't have the final version of the video and they can't see, I mean, they don't, they're not in your head, right? They can't see your vision. And it's very important that PR companies are taking on bands and artists that are aligned to them. It's not just about you aligning to the PR company. It's about, you know, 
are you suitable to work with them? And is that going to be something that they enjoy and have the contacts for? So don't rush the release process. Make sure that you have all of your ducks in a row in terms of your artwork, your masters, your final video clip before reaching out. And I would say that you need to reach out to a PR company if it's a single about six weeks prior to the date, approximately when you want to release more if possible, but they're going to need at least four weeks in order to run your campaign. So you're going to want about two weeks or more, as I said, of lead time to make sure that they can actually fit you into their schedule, that sort of thing. And for EPs and albums, you want to have that running on pre-order for six to eight weeks. So you need to, again, be reaching out to PR companies at least 10, 12 weeks in advance of when you actually want to release the EP or album or more if you want them to work on the single drops as well. Uh, So yeah, don't rush into things. Don't be contacting PR at the last minute. Make sure that you have all of your assets prepared and then your PR company is just going to do a better job because they're not going to be rushing anything. They're going to be less stressed because you have all those assets ready and they're not going to be put in any awkward positions trying to reach out getting you premieres before, um, you know, when you don't have the final version of the music. It's just going to run a whole lot smoother in general. Mistake number six is not checking your email regularly and responding in a timely manner. So this is once your PR campaign is underway. I have a lot of friends who run PR companies and I know that this is one of their pet peeves. If you're during a release period, you need to be checking your email every single day and multiple times a day. And you need to be responding to every single email within a 24-hour period or at least one business day. I would say you need to be more active than that, but that is kind of the bare minimum. The music industry is a fast-paced industry. So when you're doing a PR campaign, there may be certain opportunities that come up. For example, a music magazine may have a feature article that they just need one more band in your genre to fill, or if maybe they're doing a segment on um, bands that have members of the LGBTQIA plus community in them, and you fall under that category, you do not want to miss this opportunity. And especially if it's a print magazine, they will have deadlines lines in terms of when they need to finish pieces before they go to print. So this is why you have to be really on top of your emails because sometimes opportunities can come up at the very last minute and they need a very, very quick response, like literally within a couple of hours or at least one business day. So you definitely need to be on top of your emails. I know that seems very, very basic, but I just have to say it because uh, there are still bands that maybe let that kind of thing fall by the wayside. And by the way, if you're struggling to manage everything, whether it's social media, email, that sort of thing, and you're struggling to keep on top of it, likely it's because you're not delegating to your bandmates. So if you're the primary person that looks after the admin side of things, the public facing stuff, then I guess just put another band member in charge of emails. They can take ownership. And when they have ownership over something, they'll likely try their best to do a good job. So uh, maybe that you need to kind of let go of the reins, or if you've got no one in your band willing to do it, then you probably need to get new bandmates. 
Mistake number six, not having a follow-up release when the release goes well. So if you have a very, very successful PR campaign for a single and your single is popping off on Spotify, it's getting a ton of press and you've had industry people reaching out, you're going to need to follow that up with another single. So you don't want to be waiting six months before you release something else. You want to be able to capitalize on that release. I think this... I think this point specifically is something that a lot of artists do not think about because when you're so focused on a particular release, especially for a single, even singles have a lot of work that go into the release process, then it can kind of be hard to see beyond that and start thinking about the next release when you're mid-release of whatever you're currently putting out. So really capitalizing on the success of whatever you're releasing is key if you want to keep keep in the public eye and you really never know who is watching. I think I've done a blog post on this before and possibly a podcast episode. Uh, I'll link it down below if I find it, but I've got so many uh, examples of just the, the fact that you really never know who is watching you. I mean, on the Daily Music Business podcast, I recently interviewed Barbara Ann Wild, who is Zach Wild's wife and manager. And I also interviewed um, the her co-host of their podcast, the Honest AF podcast, Daniela Clark, who is Gilby Clark's wife, uh, Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses. And she also has a daughter um, who I'm going to be interviewing on the Being in a Band podcast called Frankie, who's uh, the vocalist of Frankie and the Star. And uh, she was telling a story, um, or Daniela and, and Barbara Ann were telling the story about Frankie being discovered on Instagram by uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. And that really just drove home the fact that you never know who has their eye on you. And at this point in time, I mean, my band is just about to release in the next uh, six weeks, our new single hindsight. So I'm going to be definitely documenting that process. And at this point in time, we have had numerous industry people reaching out to us and wanting to, even if it's not something that they're particularly interested in representing us for, asking if they can share our private streaming link with their colleagues or other industry people who might be interested. And it's really interesting how this snowball effect kind of takes place and kind of unravels unravels before your eyes. And it means that we really need to make sure that we are on top of our social media game because we literally don't know. We know that there's eyes on us, but we don't know who exactly the, who exactly those eyes belong to. We know some of them, but we don't know how far this is snowballed at this point. We just know that um, we keep seeing the view count on our private uh, SoundCloud link going up and we don't know who those views belong to around the world. So, all of this to say, make sure you have a follow-up to your release because even if you feel like your current release isn't getting traction, you don't know who has their eyes on you and who is just waiting to see what you do next. Mistake number four, going DIY when you're ready to hire a professional PR company. My philosophy on this is that bands are very much capable of DIYing their PR campaign, and it's highly advised that if this is your first single, then you actually go the DIY route 
for this release because not only will it save you money um, and not only will you likely be at a point in your career where you're probably just after those kind of smaller features, maybe a little bit of local radio play and features in blogs or podcasts and maybe like one or two bigger kind of features. So all of that stuff, I definitely think, I mean, if you're someone that's listening to this podcast and wants to be on top of your music business stuff, then I can tell you now you're more than capable of going DIY. I do have a PR course called PR Made Simple, which teaches you uh, more, more of the mechanics and the timelines and how to reach out effectively and build a press release. So if you're interested in that, you can head to monicastrat.com and go to courses and there'll be a link to PR Made Simple there. It's by far my most popular course. I'll also leave it linked down below for you. Um, and basically this course will cost you a fraction of the cost than hiring a professional PR company. So if you're, you know, pretty savvy in the music industry, which I pretty much think that you are, if you're listening to this, um, or if it's like a very early release, maybe your first couple of singles, something like that, you're definitely capable as a set of doing your own PR, but there will come a point in your career where you need to delegate the PR to someone else. So someone else that can give you even bigger features who can get you beyond that sort of basic baseline of PR traction. And it may be that, And yes, PR is an investment. And as I was saying earlier, each PR campaign that you do will kind of build upon the previous one. So it it can seem that you, I mean, you shouldn't expect to get published in like alternative press on like your very first PR campaign or like Kerrang! magazine, but you may get there eventually sooner rather than later if you take that leap and hire a professional PR company. So depending on where your individual band is at in your career, Uh, it may be time that you take that leap and hire a professional PR company to do your PR campaign to get you to that next level. As much as I believe in bands DIYing their PR, and I totally think that you're capable, as I said, in summary, there will be a point where it's time to take that leap. And often what keeps bands stuck, and I've seen this many times, even with bands that are getting like you know, a million streams. I had a band recently, um, one of my clients that they have like about a million streams on Spotify yet up until very recently, they didn't really even do any PR. And it's like, wow, well imagine what the results could be if they actually hired a PR company that could not only, I mean, imagine the results just on streaming alone, but imagine, you know, the exposure that they're going to get to new audiences around the globe. And also, you know, for the credibility aspect, credibility is such a key part of why you do a PR campaign. And people in the music industry, managers, labels, booking agents, they're going to start taking notice once you start getting those media features. And once you're being backed by the media industry, I had another client recently actually, who was deliberating about just this very thing and trying to decide whether they were going to go the DIY route or whether they were going to hire a PR company. And obviously cost is a concern for most bands and for them in particular, you know, they were actually kind of relaunched 
launching the band. So they were at a point where they'd already played numerous festival slots. They were already well-known in the industry, and then they'd kind of taken a little bit of a break. So that's just an example of a band that is definitely at the point where, given the fact that they're relaunching, it's kind of appropriate that they kind of throw everything at the wall and go hard on this relaunch in order to make waves because they were at the point where they were playing festivals. So they're at the point of the career where they should have uh, a proper PR agency representing them. So take that leap. I know it's a huge investment sometimes. Uh, PR can be a few thousand dollars, uh, but it's well worth it when timed uh, properly in your career. Mistake number three is being crap at interviews. So your PR campaigns are going well, but ultimately you need to be trying to sell your band in interviews. And I don't mean by plugging your latest release continuously and talking about how great it is and why people should buy it. It's really selling you as a person in marketing. What converts followers to customers is developing the know, like, and trust factor with them. So you can develop this relationship with your followers through social media, but another way is also through them getting to know you as a person through your interviews that you do. This is one of the most captivating pieces of content that you can put out because it really allows you to uh, give an insight into the behind the scenes of your psyche and some of the things that you've been through in your life that are the catalyst for the songs that you write and the concepts behind your album artwork or your video or whatever it is. So being engaging during interviews is absolutely key. Now, if you want to learn how to be more engaging in interviews, or you just want to make sure that you're kind of up to snuff, um, check out episode four on the being in a band podcast. One of the very first episodes that I did where I share with you a bunch of interview tips for bands and musicians, how to be more likable, confident, and united as a group. So there is a podcast episode and there's also a free resource. It's a downloadable PDF, which goes along with that episode. So you can check that out. Even if you go to, I'll leave it linked down below. Otherwise you can head to monicastrat.com and just search in the search bar interview tips for bands and it will be the first result that comes up. I highly recommend that you uh, dive into this episode. Uh, I also provide um, a detailed cheat sheet within the PR course that I mentioned um, as kind of like a bonus resource. But yeah, if you're going to be doing interviews and doing a PR campaign soon, I highly recommend that you listen to that episode directly after this one. So now that brings us to mistake number two. And actually, I mean, two and one are a bit of a tie for me, but I'm just going to, okay, I'm just going to randomly select one of those. Okay. So mistake number two, I'm going to say is trying to get media traction after the release has come out. So the release comes out and then you're reaching out to magazines, podcasts, radio, that sort of thing to try and get them to feature you or try and get them to play you on their show or whatever. This was probably the biggest mistake that I saw when I was a social media manager for Heavy Magazine and a music journalist for Heavy Magazine. 
Because going back to that point that media is news. So news companies always want the exclusive. So you need to be doing PR and reaching out before the release. And it's not just because they want the exclusive, but it takes time for the journalists to put together pieces on you, to organize interviews with you and that sort of thing. Or they've programmed their radio segments, you know, a few weeks in advance. So by the time that they get around to looking at whatever you've submitted, your release was already out weeks ago and it's old news and it's not really as relevant. So again, you need to be trying to attack your PR campaign at least six weeks prior to a single drop or at least 12 weeks prior to an EP or album drop or sometimes more. Uh, the more time, the better, really. It's better to be, um, you know, holding on to those releases and making sure all your ducks in a row than trying to like hurry up and get press at the very last minute. Um, but yeah, you cannot reach out for media features And as well, just tied into this is like really knowing why you're reaching out. A lot of the time, like I would get DMs on like the Heavy Mag Facebook page from a band saying, hey, can you feature our new video? Or can you feature this video? Or here's a link to our album. And it's like, okay, well, first of all, this is not the appropriate way of reaching out. Um, This should be actually a bonus tip in here, bonus mistake. Email is always the best policy. It's very rare that, I mean, look, Facebook notifications and Instagram notifications are just going to get lost uh, these days. And also sometimes the social media manager is not the appropriate person to reach out to when it comes to this stuff, unless it's like a really small publication and there's only like a handful of people running it. Um, But yeah, so don't reach out via Facebook DM, always go the email route and make sure you're sending a proper press release. But having that, I guess, end goal in mind of like knowing what it is you're promoting, not just reaching out and being like, Hey, can you feature us? Well, okay. Well, why should we like, do you have a newsworthy, uh, item that you want to share with us? And oftentimes when I would get these messages on Facebook and I've uh, like, look, I've told these stories on the podcast before, (laughs) but, um, yeah, oftentimes, uh, I would look at the actual video, um, just out of curiosity or the album link or whatever. And it was like an album that was released like three months or even a year ago, or a video that was released like six months ago. It's too late. It's too late by that point. It's old news. As I said, the music industry is a fast paced industry. You need to be reaching out to media prior to something coming out. Um, and yeah, then you'll, you'll just be a lot more likely to actually get results from the actual reach out. And finally, let's dive into the number one mistake that I see bands and artists making when it comes to PR. And that is expecting PR to be the be all and end all when it comes to the success of their release. So when you're doing a PR campaign, PR is just one slice of the pie. There is marketing, organic marketing, and advertising comes into marketing as well. It's how are you capitalizing on that through social media or through your up-and-coming releases or through a tour or through a show. As I said, PR is just one aspect when it comes to a release campaign. So if you're like completely inactive on social media, first of all, it completely reduces the likelihood of media actually wanting to even share your 
release or do anything with you because basically if if your socials aren't active then it's they're going to basically assume that even if they do publish an article on you then the likelihood of you not sharing it is high so that just looks really bad and can prevent you from even getting any results with PR but also you know if a website is publishing an article on you, then you can't just simply solely rely on the traffic on, you know, the traffic that goes to that publication's website to get you any sort of traction with that release. You want to be making sure that if a publication has gone to the effort of publishing a review or something like that, you need to be sharing it on your socials. You need to be sending it out to your email list. And if they, if you're lucky enough that they share it with their audience on social media, then you need to be sharing that, commenting thank you. And oh my God, that is a bonus one as well. Okay, so here's another bonus tip. You need to make sure that you are always publicly saying thank you. Even if you have to say thank you on all of the platforms. So for example, if they're publishing an article um, and sharing it on Facebook, go comment and say thank thank you from the band's page and that you appreciate it. And if they share it on their Instagram stories, go say thank you again. Um, And if they publish the article on Twitter, go say thank you everywhere. You cannot say thank you enough. Do not take it for granted. Okay. So here is another bonus tip. Bonus number 43, make sure that you have Twitter when you're doing your PR campaign, because 25% of Twitter users are actually in the media industry, whether they're authors, music journalists, news journalists, that sort of thing, make sure that you have Twitter because likely you're missing out on features. Okay. I'm going to stop this episode here because I could probably think of like 10 more mistakes that I see bands and artists making. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that this helped in terms of the mistakes to avoid when it comes to your PR campaign. I told you that I would uh, figure out some bonus mistakes in there. I actually started with five mistakes. And then before I hit record, I was like, Ooh, I I thought of another two. And then, yeah, as you just heard, I just like delivered like two or three more, uh, during this, um, this, uh, recording itself. So I hope that you enjoyed it and I will speak to you next time. Bye. Subscribe today to the daily music business podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.